I'm sorry, Mario. Media literacy is in a different castle. My name is Jason. I am the last manager of the last video store in the universe. And if you have a video store in your universe, then well, I just so happen to not be in your universe. I just got out of the movie theater. This is my instant reaction for Super Mario Brothers the movie 2023. As usual, you can follow us on Letterboxd, letterboxd.com slash binge movies. Keep up with what's going on the show. Show, uh, you can see what we've ranked in previous seasons. You can participate in something called the Binge Movies Challenge. We've just completed the first part of it. You should be at least 26 movies done by now. There's another 25 that's going to be coming out here pretty soon for season 7.2. As you listen to this, we're headed towards Spring Blast, which is one of our quarterly last movie standing competitions between film critics to determine which movie is most worthy. They're going to state their case. They're gonna they're gonna argue back and forth. They're gonna it's sort of like a jury uh, trial of peers, uh, uh, film critics. But really, the 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 true jurors of it are gonna be you. Um, film Twitter is a mess. Twitter itself is a mess. So uh, you just have to follow us if you can there. See the poll if you can. And we're probably gonna have to do like a Google form or something like that to be able to do a poll to determine which next movie gets added to our vault. Only one movie per season. Sometimes not even that. It's added to our vault so that we can create a people's canon that's preserved for all time, even beyond the end times. Does that sound complicated? It's because it is. Movies are tough. Film criticism is real tough, judging by the reviews of the Super Mario Brothers movie. If you're a member of Patreon, you would have got this insert reaction even more instantaneously and uncut. If you're not a member and you want to know my thoughts about how film criticism is probably dead and how Super Mario Brothers proves it, Go ahead and go to patreon.com, and if you uh, join there at any level, you get access to the extended cuts of these instant reactions. Okay, have I done all the things I'm supposed to do? I think I have. Let's move on. Uh, Nintendo single-handedly saved the video game industry from the crash of around 1983 because Atari had no certification system, and then pretty much it was open source. Anybody could create something that played on their console. At the time, we would call it a system, and um, it just... it glutted the market the market crashed and the nintendo entertainment system brings it back which is why it wasn't a video game system it was an entertainment system and they gimmicked it up to try to convince parents that it wasn't really video games um another stroke of genius is they made the box art at least for the uh, black box the first few uh first round uh, of of releases look like the graphics of what was on the game because you get all these impressive graphics for uh, or uh, art, all this impressive artwork for like Atari and Intellivision, these sort of things. And then you'd fire up the game and it'd just be blobs of color, blocks of color, uh, more likely. And you'd be like, what the, what, what, what am I looking at? Nintendo was just like, it's 8-bit, it looks a little better, but it's still blocks of color. But look at these blocks of color. And one of those little blocks of color was a little plumber. He wasn't even a plumber, he's a little guy. He was red. <laughs> And he was in a weird kingdom where you jumped on turtles and you ate mushrooms and you threw fireballs and you tried to save a princess. That was really the only framework. And because the game design was so compelling, so interesting, so revolutionary, and the music so incredible, it created something known as Mario Fever. And between that console 
and the, some of the revolutionary technology like the light gun, which was available for at home, not really for the first time, but, but sort of in an updated, almost perfected kind of model. Um, Pack-in games. Just all the marketing blitz that Nintendo did better than anybody. All the little smart decisions they did. Nintendo of Japan and Nintendo of America and the genius uh, uh, game building of Miyamoto. Somehow, that little block, that little guy, ended up uh, be, uh, supplanting Mickey Mouse as probably the most popular mascot on Earth, at least for about a decade. And single-handedly, almost, resurrected the video game industry. For a long time, if you were a Mario fan, because he had no voice, he had no backstory. I don't know if there was a backstory for him in the manual or not of the NES Super, uh, uh, yeah, Super Mario, um, as opposed to like Super Mario Brothers or the Mario Brothers game or Donkey Kong or whatever, whatever. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It's been a long time. I'd have to look at that manual and like, what was established in that manual? What wasn't? Um, but for a long time, because he had no voice and really had no backstory, all we had was what was given to us through the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So for a lot of us, the voice of Mario, long before Nintendo 64, uh, long before Chris Pratt, long before uh, pretty much anything else, well, it was... Bob Hoskins, even. It was Captain Lou Albano. It, Captain Lou Albano was Mario for so many of us. He, that's what Mario sounded like because that's the first Mario we ever heard. For some people, it's probably Bob Hoskins. For other people, it's probably, you know, the, the guy who does Nintendo 64 voice. You know, it's a, it's a me, it's a Mario, you know, the high-pitched whatever, whatever. Uh, I know the first time I heard that, I was like, that, that's not Mario. Mario's Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> You know, Mario's is like a like a, a guy who drinks alcohol and puts it in fruit punch so nobody thinks he's drunk. Like that's what Mario sounds like. <sighs> Anywho. The challenge of adapting Mario, of course, is that uh and this may have changed or evolved over time, is that uh he had sort of like non-canon canon backstory. Like, were they plumbers? Because there's pipes, so they're plumbers. Where'd the plumber part come from? Are they actually brothers? Why is the brother's last name the other brother's first name? Like, is it Peach or is it Princess Toadstool? Is it Bowser or is it Koopa? Is it Koopa or is it King Koopa? Does King Koopa have kids? Are they the Koopa kids or are those his siblings? If he's not in the game but the kids are in the... Is he one of the kids? Like, who's Lud Ludwig von Koopa? Like, there's Koopa Troopas... But what are the Goombas? Are the Goombas mushrooms? There's Toad. What the fuck is Toad? <laughs> Where did Toad come from? Never really made any sense. The only thing that kind of remotely held it together was, again, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And then eventually, like, the Super Mario Brothers 3 cartoon, which I think briefly morphed into Super Mario World. Is If it's Super... Because we say Super Mario World, but it's not really a world because it's actually the dinosaur world. It's not his world. Um, but Mario was so popular, was so big, was so iconic. The kids were obsessed with it. They, of course, had news reports of like, are kids too obsessed with Mario? They're coming for the children. My God. 
But Nintendo tapped into that. They built an affinity for this character, or they capitalized on this organic affinity for this character. Trust me, I'm getting the review. Got to get context. So much so that they ended up naming the next generation of their system or their console after Mario. Super Mario, Super Nintendo. Um, and what's the big game that moves that console by epic proportions for its era? Um, Super Mario 4, which is what it was originally called, which becomes Super Mario World. Introduces Yoshi. On and on we go. Um, they tried to make a movie. It turned out how it turned out. They gave those people free reign and said, hey, just, yeah, you have total creative freedom. Um, they made a weird-ass movie. It's no good. I already reviewed it with Matt F. Basler from, uh, who's got some music out on Spotify. Go ahead and check him out and buy his stuff on everywhere you can buy it. And he's on um, the real spoilers from time to time. He's on their Patreon. Um, he just recently did Police Academy with us, so go ahead and check those out. Uh, he's a funny guy, very talented guy, very creative guy. Okay. Uh, not a good movie, though. And then they just didn't do anything with Nintendo properties for 30 years. And here we are. And this one's getting trounced by critics. And people are talking about how this is a sign of the depletion of civilization and culture. And this is, this is, the, this is the autumn of our, the winter of our discontent. This is the beginning of the end. This is the, the, the cultural leaves of the intelligentsia are falling from the trees of high art. And we are left in the ruination of our own uh, uh, pleasures. And Mario is the sea, the sea change. It's showing us all. It's bullshit. Mario is a kid's movie. This movie is a kid's movie. People are like, oh, it's just, it's nothing but references and Easter eggs. It is, they're building the world of Mario and all the different Mario adventures. And they're bringing stuff in, not from everything. They held back because they obviously want to make more movies. But there's a lot of stuff in here. But it's to build the world, whether it's the human world that they start off in, whether it's the Mushroom Kingdom or some of the other worlds that they do find themselves in, um, whether it's, you know, the realm of the Koopas, whether it's, you know, little battles or, or, or enemies you have to overcome or power-ups or this, that, or whatever. That's what those games are. So, like, this is where I was going to go into media literacy. We think minute media literacy applies to people of a certain age who watch the wrong 24-hour news channels. Media literacy applies to everybody. And a failure to apply, have actual, uh, be media literate, media savvy as a film critic or as somebody who pretends to be a film critic on Twitter, like many of us do, somebody who's cosplaying as Pauline Kale. It's going to sit there and fucking tell you that this is nothing but references. Okay. Now, if you feel that way as a consumer, that's fine. But I'm talking about people who get paid or want to get paid or, you know, have a YouTube channel that three people are subscribed to like me, uh, you know, that you just, this is, this is your opinion. This is what you're going to put out into the world. This is not anything but just a bunch of references. If you see movies, that are like nothing but a bunch of references. Watch some of those like Jurassic World movies. Watch some of the, like the bad Star Wars stuff that's come out. It's a video game that doesn't have deep lore. There is no grand character arc. It's in a, this, this plumber, and I'm pretty sure he's a plumber because of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, or at least that very much solidified that he's a plumber from Brooklyn. I think. It could be wrong. It could be in the manual. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, 
you you have to populate the mushroom kingdom. So there's going to be shit in there that you've seen before. There's only so many characters in Mario games. So they're going to show up in the movie if you went the movie to be feature length. That just is what it is. I got to get off that soapbox, but I couldn't believe that that was the, the criticism of this. Then you watch the movie and you're like, it's not a bunch of wink, wink, nod, nod. It's just like there's power blocks and power ups and he's got to, you know, I don't know. Lex Luger style. I don't know. <sighs> that was a rant. Now to the movie itself. What is the movie? The movie's for kids. The movie's for kids because they got to keep making fans out of kids. And Mario has always most appealed and had an affinity towards children because it's a children's video game. Um, we're just not, we were like many of us sort of like the first kids. We're the eldest kids of Mario. And now we have kids and some of us that maybe even have grandkids, you know, um, or on our way, you know? Um, and I don't know. I just, I, I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm in a theater, mostly packed with children and the children uniformly gave, got up and gave it a standing ovation. There's a kid who brought a Donkey Kong doll and he held it up to screen in anticipation. And they laughed at the, the funny parts of Jack Black as Koopa, King Koopa, a.k.a. Bowser. And they, some kids said, oh, scary, like a kind of a scario, 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 scary like Luigi's Mansion kind of a thing that happens. You know, there's, there's uh, spooky Koopas. And uh, from the video games, you know who I'm talking about. And the skeleton ones. And kids were like, ooh. And what you realize is like, oh, this is who this movie is for. It's not for the guy who's like 45 years old and wants another cartoon to be a bunch of innuendo and references like, say, like a Lego movie or not Lego movie, like Lego Batman. This isn't Lego Batman where it's like, yeah, kids will laugh at it, but there's also a bunch of stuff in here that's like going to go over their heads. No, no. This is a kid's movie. And because of that, it has a truncated plot, truncated characterization. It's not that it isn't there. In fact, it kind of feels like somebody wrote a script with all the adventure and action beats in it, which, by the way, those sequences are really great. And the Mario Kart sequence is phenomenal. The animation, is. this is probably the best, you know, the bar is kind of lower, but the best work um, that Illumination's ever done but this stands up with any, like, this stands up animation-wise. It has depth. It has texture. It has a rich color palette. Um, it nails, uh, again, different textures. Um, in many ways, sometimes it kind of has the animation style where it almost looks like the figures um, are almost like little dolls. I don't know how to describe it another way, but they almost look real. Like not, not quite stop motion, but there's almost like... The sets are there's of such depth and they're so 3D rendered in such a way that it almost looks like like maquettes, like they they shot practically, which they didn't. It's extraordinarily well directed for a um, animated feature, um, and it feels like it was written in a way where Luigi is given kind of a character arc, and Mario is given two or three different character arcs. Some which are he's given he's balanced out with some strengths and some weaknesses. And then it feels like they, they liked that script and it was pretty clever and pretty heartfelt. And 
there was there was a setup and there's a very clear payoff and there was a very clear path and it feels like they just chopped out everything in the middle just to bunch together the action sequences and so relationships do not develop organically plot beats do not happen organically and it's weird because they do feel like they're being set up like they're going to then we just cut to whatever needs to happen next i want to say it was filmed but it, i i don't know if it's a matter of you know film or nothing is filmed anymore but you know what i mean especially animated movie animated movies i don't know if those parts were animated and then cut or if they were cut at the script level but there's even there's a scene when mario first meets the princess that we go from meet cute or meet up at the very least to with it's almost as if they strung together the cut two different pieces of Anna Taylor Joy's dialogue and then just smash it together. So what would have been two or three scenes is now like half a scene. It's very jarring. Like she's talking about one thing, then mid sentence, she's talking about something completely different. And then we're just jumping into it. And by the way, the kids didn't notice the kids didn't notice because these are kids raised on TikTok, And the and the movie isn't like, like, crazy high speed like one of those trolls movies you know where it's just like just insanity on the screen but it's also not as uh it doesn't breathe as much as say like some of the better pixar movies or even something like um uh like into the spider verse it's not what this is this is not a movie that like yeah kids are going to enjoy it but they also are probably going to have to grow up with it a little bit to fully enjoy it this is a movie where you have to grow down a little bit or at least see it with a kid who's super excited to see Mario because they've been playing Smash Brothers or they've been playing Mario. And what's amazing is I looked around the theater and there's like four generations of people in there. You know, there are people in their 40s. There are people in, and 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 there are people in their 30s, you know, and, and, and there's like young college kids who grew up on Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure like some of the Mario games too, but... Um, and then, then there's like the original, there's the super young, super young kids. Um, and they all loved it. You know, I would say like 20 and under loved it. Um, there was a girl who was mad as I was leaving the theater. She was mad about something about just like, that was, that was bullshit. They didn't get Luigi right or something like that. Um, but you know, uh, the one kid, these, these, these kids had to be probably in high school. And the one kid looked at her and he goes, he's, I don't know, I liked it. I guess the critics just don't like monkeys because, I don't know, the only thing I can think of is they didn't like it because there's so much Donkey Kong in it. And there is a lot of Donkey Kong. Um, it's, it, as far as voice acting goes, I know that's the, kind of like the, the main controversy. Uh, I don't want to... It's not what you think it is. I'll put it like that. I'll put it like that. It's not what you think it is. Or if you're really smart, it is what you think it is. But without getting into spoilers, there's a little, there's a subversion uh, straight off the bat and like two subversions straight off the bat. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, Chris Pratt, he, he, you, at first it's like, this isn't right, but it settles in. And then the other thing is, Mario doesn't talk very much. And I don't know if that was a decision because it's Chris Pratt. And there was so much blowback and they decided to cut his part down. That could also be it. Um, I don't know. Uh, or if he just, I have this other suspicion, which is 
Mario doesn't really have characterization. That was one of the cool things I'm going way back as an old timer about Sonic. Sonic showed way more personality than Mario did. Mario didn't really have a personality. He was an avatar. He's this little figure that you controlled and platformed with. And he was cute, and the world around him was just so creative and weird and interesting and puzzling and challenging and fun and infuriating and exciting and scary and all these things that you never really gave much thought. You know, there's, there's always power-ups and... Your brain is just busy connecting the dots. You're not giving a ton of thought of like, what's this guy's backstory? What, what motivates him as a character? It doesn't, it doesn't exist. He's trying to save the princess. That's what heroes do, especially in that era. Where it's like Sonic is, if you don't move that controller for like two seconds, he's going to stomp his foot, tap his foot, cross his arms, and look at your ass. You know, Sonic had, that was like the big knock of those original Sonic commercials was like, Mario's boring. He doesn't have a personality. This guy likes chili dogs. Like, we immediately knew what this guy ate. This guy eats chili dogs. Why does a hedgehog eat chili dogs? Don't know. Does it make him go faster? Is he running to a toilet? We don't know. But, we, but it's something. We had nothing with Mario. Nothing. Why does he turn into a raccoon that can fly? Why does he turn into like this weird little thing that could turn into a statue and is holding this weird symbol? I don't know. The Frogger suit? What the fuck point is that? Sonic needed oxygen. Mario doesn't need oxygen. He can swim forever. So that was sort of like the, the thing. And I so I think that there's maybe a conscious decision of, hey, Thanks for at adding all this character arc in this movie. We're going to get rid of it because if there's character arcs, there's more and there's more dialogue and there's more character building scenes and relationship building scenes that gets into characterization. Then you run the risk of, well, that's not my Mario. In truth be told, nobody can really say coming out of this movie. That's not my Mario because he's just kind of still an avatar. And that's also the weakest part of the movie because what you want is you paired with this amazing animation and a, a very strong performance from Jack Black, who I think is the best part of the movie. Um, what you really want is you really want to feel an affinity, like you want you to you want to feel your appreciation and affinity for these characters who you have nostalgia for, or interest in present day, uh, or love for to grow. Right, kind of a, at an adult level, you want to, you almost want this to be like a celebration of Mario, and it kind of is, but it's also very much a movie that is kind of trying to appeal to kids and leave enough off screen so that you can have a part two and a part three and a Donkey Kong movie and the potential for a Metroid movie and the potential. And don't worry, there's not like all of these backdoor pilot kind of things in it. I just mean. They're kind of playing it safe here. They're not trying to get Mario 2 out of what you, like, into the weeds, you know. Um, they're, they're much more willing to take, I don't even want to say risk, but really put Peach at the forefront and let her do a lot of the heavy lifting. And it's a lot of Mario just running around smashing blocks. And they do that in such an energizing, creative way. The worst part of this movie well, there's two, two parts that are not very good. One is a performance. 
from a former SNL cast member. And that's all I will say at this portion. The other is the needle drops in this movie, which I think stop at a point, <laughs> but like half of the movie is first half of the movie. No, because it comes back at the end. Every single cliche needle drop you could think of in this movie. Now, here's another thing that I think is a missed opportunity because I saw, well, I'll give it, let me do another critique and a missed opportunity and then I'll leave it for here and patrons, I'll talk to you on the other side. Um, so, how do I say this? I don't want to get too specific in this portion. Um, the trailer and all the little like, hey, we're putting this out. We're putting this out. We're putting this out. We're putting that out. It's not fun stuff that's supplemental to the movie. That's the movie. So if you've seen like, hey, we're putting this two second clip out there. We're putting this one minute clip out there. We're putting this fun little thing in there. No, nah, that's all in the movie. So there's a lot of, if you've seen a lot of it, a lot of the charm has already been spent because you're like, I've already seen this. Had I not seen as much of that stuff that they just put in the market to market the movie, I think I would have been way more charmed by the film. I would have been like, especially at the beginning, because if you've seen the trailers, you pretty much have seen like the first quarter of the film and you're like, well, damn, <laughs> there's nothing, you know, that, that's when you really get hooked as an audience member. Uh, so that's my criticism. Uh, my missed opportunity is uh, the rainbow road, Mario Kart stuff. It's really, it's wow. It looks amazing. It's really fun. Um, I thought for sure, you got to do a Fury Road reference. At some point, there's got to be a Koopa vehicle, and Mario looks back, and there's a shy guy because he's in the red. They're in the red onesies already. There's a shy guy playing electric guitar, and it should have been like you should have heard it. it should have been just like Fury Road. You should have kind of heard it faintly. It's getting louder and louder and louder behind Mario. By the time Mario turns around, there's a fucking shy guy shredding on a guitar on a Koopa Troopa truck that's loaded with speakers. Kids would, it would have been awesome, regardless. Kids wouldn't have gotten it. Adults or older people would have gotten it. And it's, it's a reference that's not really going to date too much. I don't know. It was a missed opportunity. I thought for sure, like, you got to do it. And they didn't do it. Missed opportunity. Uh, overall, on these instant reactions, I give a score out of five. Uh, over on the main continuity of the show, where we do the ranking episodes, I do it out of ten. Five is the letterbox scale. So if you followed us on letterbox.com slash binge movies and I were to score this, I would give it a probably a three out of five. Yeah, probably a three out of five. It left me wanting a little bit more story-wise, a little bit more character-wise, uh, a little bit more emotionally, but I also recognized it didn't really need any of that to work for its target audience. So um, those are my thoughts for non-patrons and patrons alike. I've got some exclusive, unedited, uncut, extended cut thoughts for the patrons. So if you're a non-patron, until next time, binge on. And if you're a patron, stay on because we're going to roll on. <laughs>